Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Bike Shop Boyfriend Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Uh, On this episode, I'm actually very, very stoked. Um, It's going to be a bit of a compilation of what's all happened and gone on in the week. Uh, Nothing big in terms of events to really share with you, but I'm actually very, very excited that I finally got a chance to sit down with one of uh, the people I've had on my list to get on this podcast. Um... I think it went really well. I'd like to hopefully think you'll enjoy it. Um, that's the whole reason why I'm putting this out there. But um, it's with my man, Camo. And just to give you a little bit of background uh, story on Camo, his real name is Chris, by the way. Um, he goes by Camo because uh, I think a lot of people are very unoriginal with his name. When I first met him, I thought that was his legal name. He does respond to it as if it were, um, if you were to meet him. But Camo is actually one of the most uh, performance-based. The guy has chops. He's got stamina. He's got grit. He's got talent like crazy. Um, One of the best bike handlers I've ever seen um, to not display it in a performance race setting. Um, as well as he is my favorite mechanic to deal with. Uh, he's actually the mechanic I've had the longest relationship with, um, in my riding career slash sales, uh, sales in a bike shop environment. Um, he was actually my uh, sensei, as I'll even call him, uh, for the Park Tools uh, Blue Book course, uh, service course, that is just a rudimentary get-to-know-your-bike type course. And um, yeah, that's actually where we really hit it off. I got to learn wheel building with him on a private uh, individual basis. Um, and since then, he and I have hit it up on some hilarious adventures here and there. Uh as mentioned before in the uh, intro to this particular podcast, I mentioned earlier that I wore a um, chain link armor on a crazy boozy night of pizza and drinking, and somehow he wanted to test the metal and actually tried to stab me and slice me. I came away unscathed, by the way, so that's the best benefit of the story. But um, that's sort of who I'm dealing with. He's not unstable. He's just likes to try limits and push himself as well as sometimes push others. So with that being said, I give you the interview with Camo. There's going to be a few prefaces between certain segments, but there you have it. Here we go. do all the intros and all that after the fact so. yeah that makes sense yeah because it's really weird when you do it in public well i listen to some podcasts where yeah they'll do like a three-hour podcast yeah and instead of having to do the intro with the person you're chatting with it's so easy to just kind of introduce it separately after yeah. the fact oh yeah you kind of know how it went yeah and that's also what i look for like um, listening to all sorts of other podcasts like velo news uh cycling podcast joe rogan Joe Rogan is probably my, my top podcast. Oh, <laughs> the best part about him is he's funny and vulgar and super interested and like weird. But it, it goes from like almost uh, like 
the tempo of like a thunderstorm, right? Like yeah. you don't know when the next crash of lightning is going to happen. Yeah. So that next crash is like a next emotion slash insight. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get like this crazy jujitsu in the middle of like a physicist thing and you're like, what? Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. So those are the sweetest parts about that podcast where there's just these gems of yeah. content coming out. So he's, he's got a bunch of really like solid interests that he knows a lot about though. Uh-huh. And it's kind of rare to find someone who knows so many um, details about like three or four different subjects just like yeah. in and out like he knows it like yeah because he practices it like the bowing like archery, archery yeah bowing <laughs> yeah bowing playing company yeah. um, you shoot a bow all the time I shoot a bow all the time <laughs> no I'm obsessed with Robin Hood on the daily uh-huh. um, but yeah he's got like that one guy who is like his archery tech yeah and he like customizes arrows and bow compression and yeah, they get down to, like, the grams on the arrows and the millimeters. <sighs> Hilarious. Yeah. But it also sort of... Actually, it is. It's all part of his martial art that he hasn't defined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He approaches everything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a skill to be learned. And you're going to learn it in and out. Oh, that's good coffee. I want to make sure where we're at. Can I check this out? Ooh, is it falling apart? Yeah, I've shown you this nail before, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, over the winter, it was, like, super dry. Yeah. And it started cracking out on the side. Ooh. Oh, that's a feeling. That's a feeling right there, man. It's, re- it's ready to go, man. Yeah. I just want to go peel it right off. Oh, you're going to catch it on, like, dishes? Yeah, yeah. Roughhousing with forest. That'll do it. Caught it on a sock this morning, and it's just, like, kicking. Ah. So, baby number two on the way, are you excited? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a different feeling, right? Like, you've gone through it before. Mm-hmm. And, and the pregnancy's going different, too. Kate's going through some different feelings with this one. And, yeah. You know, like, physically and whatnot. But, uh... I kind of get the sense that she's more at peace, but also a bit more worried at the same time. Um, well, it, it's more to take on. Yeah. Right? Yeah, there's more going on now. When she goes on that leave, she's got two-year-old basically hanging around. Up. Yeah. And uh, he's gonna be super interested in the baby. Yeah. So really super interested in the baby. Puts his little panda bear in the bassinet beside the bed. You know. Yeah. He's always like climbing up there and saying baby. So he's yeah. super interested. But. Uh, yeah, my nephew's absolutely in love with his younger sister. Yeah. Like it's not like creepy, but it's just more of like it's really sweet how yeah. he's like. I won't hurt her. And yeah. he, like, he might be roughhousing, like, playing hockey with his dad, you know, and then, like, stop, quickly run over and kiss her foot, <laughs> go back and, like, continue playing hockey. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it, it's going to be another personality hanging out, right? I feel like the way Forrest interacts with animals, like our, our cat, like, he's pretty gentle for the most part. Yeah. So, it's a good sign. He's always trying to test those boundaries, right? Yeah. So it's like fist bumping the cat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so this particular segment, um, you're gonna quickly begin to understand that we recorded this inside a coffee shop, one of my favorite local haunts. Um, it's one of the first coffee shops of third wave uh, coffee 
display and service uh, started here in the city. Uh, it's known as Parlor Coffee. You can check them out. They have a great uh, Instagram as well as uh, community outreach. I've talked to them. I talked about them. Sorry, um, a few times before on this podcast. I'm huge fans of them. Nils, the owner of Parlor, is a stand-up fellow. Um, great laugh. He's a cycling fan. Um, and such. Anyways, I was, we conducted this interview in the establishment, um, as well as showing Camo the uh, ins and outs of the Anchor.fm app. Um, kind of got his interest, so that's kind of cool. So if you hear me sort of referring to the UI experience of the app, that's pretty much how this all goes. Um, so without further ado, a bit more of the chit chat. Enjoy. So yeah, that's how it works. Pretty simple, man. Like, it really beats me having to carry... Like, sometimes the audio is a little weird. I've done it in the bike shop where it was the vastness of the room versus what was actually happening, and it was a weird but audio it, it, capture. It's kind of neat to hear that ambient background sound, though. Yeah. You know, it feels real. Yeah, you can actually hear, like, the sharp skate... Or, or, yeah. Sharpening of the skates happening and uh, PK swearing, PK swearing in the background, uh, <laughs> weird insights from John kind of thing of yeah. downhill, and then it's like this broken shorthand English speech, and <laughs> it's really interesting half the time too. I'm kind of excited about getting it on the bike and yeah, yeah. go for a ride, and then after ride, the summarization you always do it. Like you can't help but not do it. It's rare that you would skip it. Yeah, that, um, that's a huge part, like standing around after yeah. the ride and with then everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it can be so interesting too. Oh. There's so many little intricacies to everyone's ride. But it's also a vocabulary shorthand yeah. that we yeah. all understand, yeah. but no one had, I've yet to actually hear it from any of the podcasts I've listened to. Yeah. Because no, everyone's doing like race summaries, so they actually have well formed thoughts. Right. And, um, even when they interview the racers, it's sort of like they've had enough time to. Or right enough down. practice even doing yeah. it. Yeah. So it's a little bit of a different beast. No, I, I definitely prefer the, the candid aspect. Mm. Like, um, yeah, I'm actually a huge fan of like it. And the fact that it's like my iPhone, it's not like a recorder. If this was a recorder, me doing that, you yeah. know, setting it down, yeah. recording someone. Yeah. That's what I like about Joe Robbins too. It's not like someone just interviewing someone. Yeah. It's a little bit of that but it's also just conversing back and forth and like the interviewer act actually answering questions as well yeah which yeah. is like right and then it seems more like a free form conversation than yeah. it is an actual structure of questions yeah so yeah. and I've actually been watching his technique of how to ask people things yeah that he just has on his mind kind of thing so like that's gonna be until I start meeting people I don't know questioning them about stuff and interviewing him and all that so. and that's different too like yeah. and you get that with his podcast like he gets his comedian buddies on there and it's just like so easy yeah because they're all in it together yeah and then he gets like you know a scientist on there and it does take on a little bit more formality mm-hmm. but still it's him so it's always a little bit of chaos too yeah or um I thought the Henry Rollins one was really interesting yeah, I, that, that was a while back. Though, oh, right? that, yeah, that yeah. must be like two years ago. Yeah, at least. I think I listened to it, but I don't recall it really. But how he just goes off the map and he just disappears to North Korea, and the North Koreans quite don't know who he is. But 
Yeah, you know, yeah. And, he, and he almost didn't get out, right? Right, because yeah. this one fan was, like, actually freaking out, and yeah. he was kind of going, be cool, man, be cool. Yeah, 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 because so. yeah, they actually knew who Yeah. And he didn't want to get, like, detained because they would have an acid Henry Rollins. Weird thing, but, hey, maybe Dennis Rodman would get you out. Right? So, yeah, yeah. That's a weird one right there. Yeah, if, if Dennis Rodman is their only hope, yeah, good luck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm scared for one if that were the case, but yeah. But yeah. So you're not riding much? Not really, man. Oh, not really. Commuting to you know a few things here and there. I uh, did Gary Parkade a few weeks back there. Made a little video. How was that? Was like nice. just riding it again? Yeah, it, it's nice, man. Like, yeah. It's it's so nice in winter too, cause like the city just feels a little bit quieter. Yep. More brisk. Yeah. Can't really rail that that spiral. No. <laughs> as far as it's wet and icy up top. Yeah. But. Uh, and then it's probably like the loose bearing sort of gravel. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. It's like pea gravel, right? Yeah. Like sand and shit. But yeah. I just passed uh, the parkade over on Rory too. That was the other one that we always like to do, and that's a pretty tight spiral too. Yeah. That one's got like more of the. the, the the ribs in, in the in the pavement. Right, so, so it gets a little bit of grip. Stutter. But uh, yeah, that's a really good one too. Like we used, we used to race all the parkades. Like, you remember Delwyn? Yeah. Like that was that was his shit, man. Like we would just go like to the forks, round up a bunch of randoms, but, like dudes on jump bikes, mm-hmm. dudes on fixies, dudes on whatever. And uh, yeah, like we'd have like 13, 14 guys racing with random parkades on the weekend yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Or in a weeknight. Yeah. Yeah. So much fun. So much road rash, too. Yeah, there were some hilarious moments. But yeah, uh... I haven't been riding too much, man. Yeah? Well, dad life, you know. Yeah. I do, uh... I do have the child carrier on the back of uh, the XTC there. But it's, uh, it's a little top-heavy, man. I almost prefer to pull, pull him in the trailer. Yeah? Like having, you know, a 30-pound kid in a, you know, maybe a 5-pound carrier on the back of the bike. Yep. And that's, you know, at the same seating level basically as you are. So that so, way it balances the same. Yeah. Yeah. And you just get, like, that sway of the back end, too. It's not not, even, not just the weight, just like when you turn the whole thing. Like, it doesn't physically move, but you just no. feel that weight shift, right? Yeah. Those Gs. So, Wait, you're feeling... <laughs> Faster you going in those corners. <laughs> Actually, my first memory ever on a bike was in one of those. Mm. With, mm-hmm. with with my dad. And with we the backseat carrier. Yeah, I, right. was, I was in the carrier. Yeah. And we we're on St. Mary's. He like way down south end. But it's not developed at all. And uh, I remember he had crossed over in the lane to make a left turn across the the oncoming lane and uh, I remember us like just squeezing by like one car and it being like pretty close and my dad having like you know a little a little laugh right a little panic but a little laugh right it's like it was the 80s I always remember my my dad like when uh, something you know adrenalizing would happen yeah have that you know Woo. we're good yeah <laughs> <laughs> looks over the shoulder yeah but uh i also remember him telling me don't tell your mom 
<laughs> like the first time ever hearing that. Yeah, that's that's a memory right there, man. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you got that bike stolen in the back of the RT. Oh really? Yeah. Recently? No, that was back then. Oh, back then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my first memory of you know realizing that people steal things too. Yeah. You ever had a bike stolen? Yeah, actually, I was just about to mention. Um, Trent's going on. This is like my first or second year living out there, and we lived in this ice cream house on Melrose. Ice cream house. Yeah, because physically, there was a house, and right next to it, conjoined through a little thoroughfare, was uh, rainbow ice cream. How sweet is that? Very sweet. And. Uh, <laughs> And so there was an actual partition between the house and the ice cream parlor. We didn't own the ice cream parlor. That was its own business. Right. But in the summertime, it's open. And in the rest of the year, we, like, for the two years that we lived there, um, it was uh, kind of hilarious because everyone, like, I'd be the kid in school known to have lived in the ice cream house because everyone's like, oh, do you get free ice cream? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, no like, shit. once a week I kind of do. Like, yeah. I don't make a big point of me. That's the first thing that goes through every kid's mind. That's oh. the ice cream guy. Ice cream guy. Yeah, exactly, right? Like, you're kind of the ice cream godfather. And, like, do you have a favorite flavor? Do you get mystery flavors? Um, and, like, being a new kid in that school division and being in that school and having not grown up in the first four, four, four years of school prior to that. Right. So right. everyone else knew each other. Don't know the crew. So I'm new. But then as soon as they found out I was the ice cream kid. Yeah. Oh, I was... <laughs> super popular um which like it was a great icebreaker literally and uh so i had this bike and uh we had a basement yeah we had a half basement because it was split between us and the business and on their side it was the freezer like that's where we kept all the actual big pails of ice cream yeah and then um i couldn't get to it It was like fully locked i, I tried as a kid i tried to break in uh, of course you had to and uh, see that Oh, yeah, that's a motorcycle in the making. That was a proper like chopper bike. I don't even think that was a motorcycle, was oh, it? That's, that's a frame, yeah. Yeah? That's a motorcycle frame. But was it that wide? Oh, yeah. That was a yeah. four-inch tire there. Um, so downstairs is my bike. Take it upstairs. It's the first few nice days of spring kind of thing. And my naivete of the 90s is I'm in suburbs, so, you know, it's like a small town to me, apparently. Yeah. And kickstanded it on the sidewalk in front of like 7-Eleven or something like that no it was another like a video store and um I come out like 10 minutes later because I just rented my video game come out it's gone like just gone I'm upset I like, just, just that feeling eh? oh I cried for like two hours and I told my mom and like she's like well you know you should you have a bike lock yeah. you should have locked yeah. it I'm like man well, it's my bike your stomach drops your heart oh, falls out I thought my best friend died yeah. Um, in, yeah. in many ways, yeah. it did. Yeah. And so that illusion of childhood, youth, gone. And then, lo and behold, four years later, turns out my mom saw, like, the, her barber business was just down the street. She saw me, like, leave my bike outside. Um, this is Kitty Corner from where we're living, by the way, so yeah. I, I could have walked. But she saw me just, like, leave my bike there. She got her business partner Joe to go across the street steal my bike he, they left it in the barbershop basement for four years what yeah and I outgrew this bike because they wanted to teach me a lesson 
brutal. I yeah, yeah. And then I finally got this bike back, and then I was like, well, what the hell do I need this thing? I got CCM ice, and it was like a bottle in. So what? Yeah, four years. Four years. So you didn't have a bike in all that time? I didn't have a bike for four years. Yeah. I know. Well, no, 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 I didn't have a bike for two years, and then I got, like, the CCM, because they wanted yeah. to teach me a lesson, and I was like, dumb. So, lesson learned? Lesson learned, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you just tap it, it only does, like, one recording. Right. Which is always kind of hilarious. Yeah. And I can actually go back and edit this, like, chop it. Yeah, yeah, trim so it, you can so. take off pieces here and there. Yeah. So I'll probably can tighten up that story a bit. Yeah. <laughs> But no, seriously, like, they just stole my bike on me. My mom stole my bike. That was my first bike thief. That, that's a super lesson. I've, I've never Wait, trust that woman since. Exactly. It's yeah. also a lesson in trust. Yeah, I don't trust my mom. <laughs> Love her dearly. She's a sweet woman, but I do not trust her to save my life. Hard knocks, man. I remember the first time I got a bike stolen, and it wasn't actually just, like, because I left it somewhere, or someone cut a lock, or whatever. It was actually yeah. we got jumped. Oh, that's that's next level. Me and my, my buddy Ben, and we were we were in I don't know it was probably around the end of high school, maybe, maybe even just after high school, because he had moved to the city, and uh, we were riding down waterfront, and there's all the little kind of gravel trails closer to the river down there. Yep. And the path that goes underneath the train bridge that goes over the river there? Uh, Sunderland? No. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that street is. But there's yep. the path goes underneath that train bridge that goes, like, directly out from the, from the baseball stadium and the forks. Yep. Underneath that bridge. Yeah. So we had stopped into there and uh, had a little drink of water or whatever. And uh, two guys come down from up on the street, down on the bridge, from the front, from the direction we were going. And they come down and start chatting with us, and they're like, oh yeah, it's, uh, those, those are nice bikes. Can we have them? Just like straight up. Yeah. And we knew, we knew what was happening, right? We're like, well, uh, no, we're just, uh, we're just going to leave, right? We're just going to walk away, and uh, that's it. So we started backing up. There are t- two other buddies come around the other side. Uh, four on two. So... They started grabbing onto our bikes, and uh, my buddy let his go right away, and I kind of wasn't letting mine go, because it was like my first nice mountain bike, man. It was a, it was a Trek 7000. Yeah. Like, gold Oh, the color, gold one, too. The gold yeah. one. Yeah. And, uh... That was a sweet color. I get punched in the face with, like, a... I don't know if it was like a brass knuckle, but it was some kind of, it was, it was colored. So maybe it was like a plastic kind of thing he was holding onto around his knuckles. Yeah. So I got punched in the face. I fell, I fell down on like the marble rocks yeah. underneath the bridge there. And uh, yeah, I was like, I was done. Like, Okay, that's enough. Yeah, it, it, was, yeah. it was scary enough that yeah. it was just like, that's it. And they grabbed their bikes and off they went. And they're like, you know. What? They throw in like weird hand gang signs and that kind of shit. Like, like they were all stoked, right? Tiny sandwiches. Yeah. Exactly. Tiny, tiny exactly. sandwiches. Exactly. But uh, yeah, call the cops. They picked us up. The girl was home, and yeah. Yeah. they never find bikes. No. <sighs> that is a tough scene, man. I'm happy that's never happened, but. 
I've had someone that, try, but... Like, like, I think that's random. That is random, yeah. Like, those guys were just waiting around for something, right? Yeah. Yeah, usually Especially with, like, two more to show up? Yeah, exactly. Usually more, it's just, like, a, like a simple thing, like a kind of opportunity, right? Yeah. Or it's simple for them to do it. Yeah, it's truly one of those things, because I've had someone try to, like, uh, East Ocean uh, restaurant, great Chinese food, um, put it in order, and I showed up early, and I locked my bike outside, uh, uh, one of those Avis chains and went around like a hydro yeah. outlet yeah. kind of thing so yeah. you'd have to blow yeah. up to right. steal this thing right Yeah. so I'm a little early go inside and it's like 10 minute wait come out and there's this guy actually trying to like cut through my lock right and uh, I have Chinese food in one hand this is not a weapon by the way so my first instinct is just to run up to him and give him like the big Hulk Hogan boot to the face and like <laughs> Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Like, smoked him. Kicked, like, I rushed him and scared the crap out of him. He spins around and he's got, like, this 16-inch cable cutter yeah. in his hand. He can easily brain me with it. Steal my Chinese food and my bike. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he just, like, I totally freaked him out. I had uh, I had my SPD cleat on the shoe. Yeah. Um, it was like my privateer, so it's a hard shoot. Yeah. And I have like yeah. no stability really on this thing. I don't even know why I try to like pick a fight, but I just instinctually kick the guy in yeah, the yeah. face. He spins around, and he's like, ugh, kind of dazed, and I can see that I cut him. And the cut's opening on his cheek, Jesus. and it's bleeding. Cause it's when like, was this? Oh, this is like six years ago. So we knew each other. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I never yeah. heard about this one. Huh? Oh, we, this is like the year you left Woodcock, and like that okay. year yeah. you were gone. Yeah. Um, and so he like jumps over the little like fence that's no like it's a three foot fence. So he just hopped over that. Yeah. Runs with his bag. He's got his like like cutter and he's like kind of dazed because I really got him. Yeah. And then this is my line. I'm like, I just want to talk. <laughs> like, that's the smartest thing I could come up with. Like, that's funny. All of a sudden, I go from aggressive to passive. <laughs> so diplomatic, Dustin. Oh jeez. But yeah. That, that oh, was a funny one. And, like, the lock is still fine. I still use it. Yeah, yeah. Like, no signs of, like, him cutting on it. Yeah. So that was that was a weird win. That was a weird day. So what'd you do for the rest of that day? Just on a high, probably. Oh, I was jacked. So I'm like, yeah, I've never eaten so, like, macho in my yeah, life yeah, at yeah. home. Like, yeah. I got my hot sour soup. I was, like, elbows out with that spoon. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it crazy. Yeah, take on anything, right? Oh, the adrenaline was just That's oozing. A good, a good feeling. And then... I think it died down by the time I'm like walking upstairs and I'm like, start shaking because like the adrenaline's coming yeah, out of yeah, your yeah. system and yeah, it's awesome. That's the first thing that happens to me in a, kind of like an adrenaline situation like that. Like I get that kind of handshake and I know like okay, it's it's go or not. It's yeah. Like, Something hit you yeah, enough it's, that it's black or white right now. Yeah, I've had a few moments where it's like uh, Kill Bill where like the eyes go red and like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, the alarm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's moments, but yeah. yeah. Probably turn this one. So what you're about to hear, I feel, really captures uh, how I react and have a conversation with people uh, that I'm very familiar with. Um, the The person that we're talking about is uh, Chris's wife. Her name is Katie. Um, she's 
currently the uh, general manager for the bike shop I work at. She is in her third trimester with her second child, and it's uh, Camo's second child too, I should be mentioning. Um, they're both very excited, so this is just alluding to um, the chivalry that um, I feel is a little bit lacking maybe in today's society. Um, of She's in her third trimester. There's no reason why she should be taking the bus home at like 10 o'clock at night across the city when I have a perfectly fine car to and warm car for her to enjoy a comfortable ride home at least and not have to take the bus. So here we go. Pretty stoked about having today off on the drive home yesterday. She's like, ah, oh, I switched with Julie, gave her like my shift. Yeah. She said that she needed uh, time off and, or uh, more hours because she's back and yeah. all that. And thanks for, thanks for giving her a ride. Oh, hey. So, uh, I, I gave the guys crap for that one time where her and um, um, her and Jamie and I think PK was there too and like none of them had a vehicle and I think Bob was driving that night Yeah. and like Bob didn't offer to drive Katie home kind of thing like right. the other two yeah they're guys they can survive on their own they're not going to die out there but I'm like Katie's in her third trimester like get the girls like come on come on guys like <laughs> So close. So close. So far. <laughs> like face plant on the desk kind of thing. So, but um, yeah, no, it it just won't let that stand. Just appreciate that. Yeah. Like if she was like insisting on cabbing or something like that. Okay, cool, whatevs. Like wait until she gets in the cab. But no. She's pretty solid though, too, man. Like, oh, I know. She's, uh, she's confident for everything. Yeah. But, like, where's the decency in humanity anymore? <laughs> like, come on. It's kind of, kind of a bit of chivalry, though, too, right? Yeah, but I, I don't really go by that. It's more of just, like, I were like expecting my second kid kind of thing and stresses that are coming with it and I I would like to know my mom got home safe yeah right like yeah like if it was all about like the the ego of the hustle of, like you know no 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 I took the bus and 30 feet of snow and like shoveled the walkway and like bench press a fridge you know like that kind of ego of humility yeah also be it but yeah until that sort of that doesn't really do anything for me but like seriously it's a drive home I'm a, it's a two seater car for the most part yeah I have no problem driving her home and the funny part is that one time we drove Jamie he was just like we're, we're doing A&W after right and then Katie later on was like I would have liked to have done A&W we're like we're doing it for the baby <laughs> just you don't need a burger you deserve a burger you should totally eat a burger if you want a burger but Making sure this child's not coming out poutine addicted. So maybe ice ice cream addicted. Maybe ice cream addicted. Yeah. She's inside ice cream. Had a little uh, chocolate peanut butter. Huh? No, no. It's not even really cravings either. It's just like going through all this shit. I want comfort. Yeah. You know? I think that's mostly what it is. I, 
hey, you're, you're feeding life inside you. It's kind of like, yep, do whatever you got to do. Yep. As long as it's not alcohol or smoking, you're great. Dave seems happy. It's kicking a lot, so... Yeah, yeah. Uh, my sister put up this video of, like, this one child doing, like, an ultrasound. It looks like the baby's break dancing. And I was, like, freaking out. I'm like, oh, God. I remember with Forrest, you'd, you'd feel something, like, it was like an elbow almost, and you're just all the way across. Just like, all the way. And you actually see it, like, move all the way. And you're like, man, like... Whoa. Who knew I could do that to someone? I know, right? <laughs> it's so cool to see that the first time. Not the second time isn't that special, but it's just like, yeah, something about first. Well, it's like your first experience, right? Yeah. Okay, this next clip I'm actually very excited about. Um, I didn't officially know this until he mentioned it, but um, I'll, I'll, let, I'll, I'll just let Camel tell you all about it. Okay, I'm too excited. Listen. So what are you planning on doing uh, once a second baby comes around? Are you planning on coming back to the shop? Or? Yeah, I should be back in a month, man. Be good to have you. Yeah, like, uh, Katie was just chatting with Phil, and he's like, I'd rather have both of you. But, you know, Katie's looking at probably being gone in a month, and I'll be back in a month, right? Yeah. So. Well, minus, like, two weeks on either end of that, just to, like, so you can enjoy baby life for a bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're going to overlap with her leaving and me coming back at all either. Yeah. Like, with, with, with her role, she can kind of, you know, phase out. Yeah. Like, gradually reduce the amount of days per week. Yeah. But with my role, and especially with spring coming, it's like... Mouth guards and riot gear and hold the fort. Exactly. Mechanic work. You, you got to be there all the time. Because, I mean, you, you got back burners. You got stuff waiting parts. You know, you, you got customers that only want you to work on or whatever, you know. So many different details that you gotta take care of. So it's like, yeah, full time or nothing, basically. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, hold off, maybe like two weeks. Like, baby's born. Enjoy two weeks of having that time with baby, and then come back. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like when it lands born for sure, I'll, I'll take I'll take at least two weeks. I, th- I think I did. I think I did three with Forrest, but that was August though too. Yeah, we so could. It's not not as crazy. Yeah. Like we could still use you, but yeah. we'll make it work. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, like starting beginning of April, it's just going to be straight into the gong show, right? Yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, I think you'll kind of like it as... I don't know if you enjoyed the responsibility of management, but it's going to be sweeter, I think, now that, like, Alex has got a pretty good handle on it. He's a good egg. Yeah. Um, yeah, and everyone else is pretty, like... It, you know, it's strange, good. like... Everyone's good. I think there's a thing in, in many businesses where you have, you know, a staff member that works hard, works well, yep. gets along with everyone, and right away it's like, well, this guy should be a manager, you know, he's yeah, do a little bit of everything and he does it well, but I, I don't think that's always the case, like, I've, I've been put into that, I've, I've taken on that role twice, like, with, yep. with both the shops, right? Yeah. And... You just don't find happiness that way. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like... Pure fulfillment. I, I feel the best when my hands are dirty and I'm just working hard. You know? I, I don't like chasing people. I don't like... Discipline. Disciplining. Yeah. Like, I, I, I think I can handle disciplining if 
I don't have to do it multiple times for the same issue. Yeah. yeah but, no, but that's part of management, though. You have to do that. Yeah. Because there's no other way. Like, it's firefighting. Like, people don't just, you know, do it right off the first time. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to kind of going back into, you know, a mechanical role. And, you know, there, there will be things that I take on that are, are beyond that role too just because it's, it's me because yeah. if, there's, if there's no work I'm going to find work mm-hmm. yeah if it's mechanical or not you know well I also and, think and that, that's, that's part of getting put into that role too oh you know, it's finding different work when there's no work to do well yeah. it must be good management but. but that's actually not a good manager it's necessarily like that's a good worker yeah, yeah exactly like, there's a difference yeah. yeah no I always found like managerial stuff is not necessarily like the top gun of staff in that particular role I always found it's more of he's the people person for the staff right like and also a firefighter like yep. it's can you firefight can you put out this fire this problem this issue yeah and not to say that Rudy and Katie are not but they're way stronger as salespeople than they are administrative like Katie's actually stronger administrative than like in that presence, like that's where she really shines as administration. Yeah. But when like Rudy, I find he he's good at it, but then he has to like actually be the disciplinarian. He has to be on people. He has to task and all that. Yeah. And I really feel like we don't have anyone on our roster to like do better than that. Right. Than hiring from someone from outside. So. Well, I was thinking of that too, right? Yeah. Like, like does it make a difference to? bring someone in who doesn't have those relationships yet yeah so then they can be the bad guy exactly yeah but then you have to pay them to be the bad guy and they have to like that rule yeah yeah like they do they yeah you have to thrive on it like for myself i like when i was doing it for the restaurant it was a different beast in that you had to like I had to be the worker but also the disciplinarian kind of thing I was always like how's about I'm just like the adult and then how's about I treat you like one like how's about that you know and also not having your your bosses doesn't have always your back in that situation like they kind of set you up to fail that that could be part of it too right yeah you need that structure back in you Mm -hmm. you know you make a decision and they have to have the confidence in you to, you know, not go over your head on it. Yeah, or double back on, or back, walk back from what you yeah. are trying to enact, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but having said that, I feel like there is a certain maturity enough that we don't necessarily need to have that, like, headmaster whip-type mentality. Does that make sense? I think... You do and you don't. Yeah, you do and you don't. I, th- I think I think in our business, it's it's more don't. Yeah. But it's still sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like in winter. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's it so easy to stand around, right? Yeah. But we also have like. This year, I found a lot of us had our own small projects to try and get done. So yeah. like we have the premium Pinarello builds that we're doing. Yeah. Like that took up a, is <laughs> taking up a lot of time, which is good. And then also. This is the first year where we actually have, um, actually get some weight behind the bat of social media. Yeah. From Phil. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. So. Yeah, he got a cell phone. That. 
I don't even have his number. I keep bugging him about it. And he's like, do you want my number? I'm like, no, no, no. I kind of like pretending like you still don't have one. Yeah. So he, he, he was trying to text Katie the other day and he phoned her by accident. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, oh, oh. Yeah. It's pretty funny though, right? It's good though, man. Yeah. It's good. You need to be able to have that contact in a... Certain emergency situations. Yeah, yeah for sure. Or in certain fill-induced situations. <laughs> Because, like, there's the moments where he's promised things to people. He hasn't communicated nothing. Yeah. Someone comes walking in and goes, there's a bike rental waiting for you? And we're going, what? Yeah. You know? Yeah. He did that for a road bike last year. And I was like, good thing I'm here. <laughs> I'm going to set you up. <laughs> and he was like, nah, give her this. And then, like, slap those pedals on. I'm like, it's all you, man. So. Yeah. He's hilarious. Oh, the adventures of Phil. You got it Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. So I hope you all enjoyed uh, my conversation with Camo. Um, if you have any questions for the man himself, uh, he's going to be back in my workday daily. Um, so if you have service questions, he's super, super knowledgeable. Great guy. Um, as you can tell, we get along great when we got the mics on. Um, there was a lot recorded without the recording happening. Uh, a lot of inside talk. Um if things come to pass, uh, we will turn on the mics and let you in on that. Um, but for the time being, uh, we had a good laugh, great coffee, great chat, lots of laughs, lots of reminiscing too. Um, very happy I can bring you on into uh, that and sort of get to know myself actually a little bit um, outside of sort of like a bike nerd techiness. So if you enjoyed this particular interview, let me know in the comments below. Uh, let me know on Twitter as well as iTunes. Uh, I am reading your guys' reviews uh, as well as uh, your direct messages. I appreciate them. Thank you so much for enjoying this podcast. Um, gonna do, I guess, uh, play it on out with uh, me saying uh, have a great day to Camo. So enjoy it. Hopefully you are having a spectacular weekend. And again, thank you for listening to the Bike Shop Boyfriend podcast. Um, your host Dustin and thank you once again cheers ah solid chat man solid chat yeah that's cool good catching up it's been too long though yeah well we'll have you in the shop soon enough yeah good times again good times but it'll be like right to fucking like riding a bike (laughs) oh (laughs) and then we'll have to do some end of uh, end of shop rides and then do the deviation of our own paths kind of thing. I miss that, man. Yeah, same. I, I used to ride home with people all the time. And yeah. at our shop now, it's like, never, man. Never. Yeah, it's the way it is, though. It's the way it is. <laughs>